the blast from our past network. Ah, Tim, come in. Uh, do sit down. It's very formal. Well, um, yeah. This is an odd moment for me because I had the same moment with my father when I just turned 21 and after it, my life was never the same. So I approach it pretty um, nervously. Okay. When you're ready, it's all very mysterious. Uh, right. Tim, my dear son, uh, the, uh, the simple fact is the men in this family have always had the ability to this is going to sound strange. Be prepared for strangeness. Get ready for spooky time. Uh, but there's this family secret. And the secret is that the men in the family can travel in time. <laughs> Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. Welcome to 2024. And welcome to the year of time travel here at Talking Back. As we shared uh, with our patrons last month, this year on the first Monday of each month, we will be covering a time travel movie. Joining me this week is co-host Dean. Dean, hello. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Very well. Welcome to Talking Back, Dean. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. Uh, this is actually the second day of me living today. So I've already recorded this episode once. And on that episode, Tim, I opened with this bit about time travel and you hated it. So don't worry. I won't be doing that this time. Cool. Uh, welcome to Talking Back, Dean. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games and more. Cool. I like it. Was that time travel? Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know. You nailed it. I don't even know. Did I go back in time and record a second intro to the show? Did you just cut out what I did at the beginning <laughs> and now it's the second part? Yes, actually, that's what I should do. Um, that's what it hey, is. Hey, we're being rude because we have a very special guest joining this week. Uh, this is the man who suggested we do time travel. It's our buddy, Tony. Tony, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you for your wonderful suggestion. No problem. It's really just because I wanted to suggest this movie and talk about it. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. That, that works. Uh, yeah. So, Tony, along with your suggestion of us doing time travel this year, you also suggested the movie we're covering today, About Time and you also wanted to join as a guest uh, if we chose time travel. And that seems more than fair. So here you are. What an awesome deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good deal. <laughs> it's the prize for suggesting the correct thing for the year. You get to be on it. You get to be on the exact movie you want. Yeah. Uh, next year, I think I'm suggesting Baboon. 
So right, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> That's a front runner, by the way. I mean, it was ahead until we heard time it was. Travel. It was near the front yeah. until your suggestion rolled in. Uh, awesome. Now, about time is a romantic science fiction comedy drama. And Tony, why did you choose this movie? Share with the listeners why. Uh, this movie is just really personal to me. I I have a deep connection with it. It's in my letterbox top four always. I will not take it out. It's just a piece of my life that um that I get to watch, I feel like. Like it just means so much to me. It it started like it was something discovered with um an ex uh girlfriend who is now like one of my best friends. And we discovered it together at the beginning of our relationship. And even when we rewatched it just the other night, we had broken up about two years ago and um, we hadn't watched this movie since. And then for this podcast, rewatching it, we actually got together, sat down and watched it and definitely cried pretty much halfway through to the end, <laughs> um, which is normal, but I think maybe a little extra hard and... <laughs> It's just, I don't know, It's I just feel this deep connection to it. It has a, a a good love story in it. It's kind of slice of life. It has, it focuses on parental relationships. It kind of shows the good in life that comes with the bad and just kind of all wraps it up in this really nice, sweet package uh, with an amazing soundtrack. So, yeah, well, well said. This is like normally not my type of movie like I normally don't watch this style like definitely from you know this director has several other you know kind of slice of life movies like this that I haven't watched I'm, I'm sure they're fine I just don't really seek them out and watch them but I loved this movie there was something about it um, maybe it's the time travel aspect like maybe it's the sci-fi that they cut into the romantic comedy that works for me but yeah this is an excellent movie um I just want to tell a kind of a funny story before we get going. Yeah. It was when I was watching this. So for the first time for this episode, I often watch movies twice. So it was the first time for the episode, but the second time that I had seen it, but the second time in like, it had been like a year. So mm -hmm. I'm watching and about in the middle of the movie at the wedding scene, um, this like narration cuts in this lady's narration and she's kind of like pointing out the intricacies and details of what's going on at the wedding. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I wonder, this is really interesting. Like, who is this narrating and what's this all about? And I started to think, is there something to this narration? Like, is it, is it trying to symbolize something? Um, is it like, maybe, maybe this, narration is only happening in scenes that he didn't travel back in time to and it's like this the natural scenes and it kind of like cut in and out and then at the very end of the movie when the narration was happening over the credits I realized that I had audio description turned on but it somehow <laughs> like turned itself on and off throughout the movie and I didn't realize that this narration had nothing to do with the movie it was just <laughs> it was like it was assisted audio and what an interesting way to make a film, you're thinking. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It was really good. I was really enjoying it. It really helped me get into it for some reason. Just this this lady describing every little thing that's happening. Because you get a lot of narration from uh, Domhnall Gleeson's character. 
And then this other mm-hmm. lady started to narrate as well. And I was like, this is really exciting. I don't know what's going on. but Because I didn't remember from the first viewing that this wasn't in there. So I was like, oh, cool. And then by the end, I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Great. I love it. But uh, That's hey, amazing. <laughs> Tony, if you're looking for a different way to watch this movie next time, you should try <laughs> it with audio description. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, I will do that, actually. That sounds fun, honestly. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) All right, here, a quick synopsis. Uh, At the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out not to be as easy as you might think. So, I, I mean, that's an okay synopsis. I don't know. The second part's a little iffy i don't know if it's all that accurate but right right i wouldn't watch it based on that synopsis if i was being honest like and i I remember when shelby like rented like this movie from you know a rental store because back in 2013 they were still sort of around and i saw the cover and i'm like crap this is what dating's (laughs) like again isn't it (laughs) i have to watch this yeah and then it like broke my heart in all the best ways. Like, love yeah, it. Totally. Now released in 2013 with a budget of 12 million, this film grosses 89 million, which is really good. And I read that it was like a, a real big hit in South Korea. Oh, I saw that. Interesting. Which is interesting. Now directed and written by Richard Curtis. And this is the first Richard Curtis film that we've covered on the podcast, but he's done some big ones such as Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones' Diary, Love Actually, and Yesterday. This movie stars Domhnall Gleeson as Tim, Rachel McAdams as Mary, Bill Nighy as the dad, Lydia Wilson as the mom, Lindsay Duncan as Kit Kat, the sister, Richard Cordry as the uncle, Tom Hollander as Harry, and Margot Robbie as Charlotte. Great cast and great performances. And I think my number one thing is the chemistry that the cast had with each other. It was, I mean, I felt like I was watching real life. It was that, just that Mm -hmm. cohesive of performances. Yeah, these performances are so good. Uh, specifically for me, it's like Bill Nye just like so it just stands out. Like he's it's just so great in this movie. His little like intricacies that he's doing, his whatever, the way he's saying everything he's saying. I'm just like, man, this guy is the best dad ever. <laughs> like I love this guy so much. Uh, just a great performance out of him for me. Hundred percent agree. Wish he was my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like- well, my uh, next my next question was going to be who is everybody's favorite character. So it actually sounds like we're all on the same page because I'm going with the dad. Yeah. yeah, it's dad with the close second being Harry for being such a little shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I just felt like Bill Nye. He he pretty much stole every scene he was in, and yeah. for that he's getting my top nod. But you know, you could you could say the same for Harry. <laughs> Harry was. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, great, uh, great job there. So this movie, it kind of starts out with a family secret being shared 
between the dad and Tim. And that secret is that the men in their family can travel back in time. They can go to places they've been and can remember. And Tim had just turned 21, and his dad shares that info. Tim doesn't believe him. He goes and he tries it, and he's able to go back to the New Year's Eve party from the night before. So, Dean, um, I feel like I know the answer, but does this intro grab you? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Definitely grabs me. Um, I think it's... It's pretty crucial, I think, as we go through these movies over this year and like try to talk about the time travel mechanics. I think that's something every one of these movies is going to do is explain to us how the movie works and how the time travel in the movie works. It's going to be different for all these different movies. And so uh, I think that, yeah, this movie just kind of nails it and makes it like simple, tells you what not to worry about, tells you not to get your head too wrapped in it, just to kind of go with the flow um, as, as, you know... uh, Uh, Tim's dad is telling him, explaining to him what's going to happen, what to do, what to do with it, you know, what to do um, with this power. And uh, I just, I love the setup of him explaining it. Then we see a little slice of it happening. So we see how it kind of works. And then he's brought back and then we get a little bit more information about it, how it's like, you know, the butterfly effect, well, we haven't ruined anything yet, you know, stuff like that. It's, uh, I think it's very clear. It's very easy to understand after the scene what's happening. And I don't worry about it. I don't worry about the time time travel. I don't try to like poke holes in it. Um, So I think it's just like absolutely great start. I'm hooked right away in this movie and just very excited with the concept of like where we're going to go. Yeah. So they start by showing us that New Year's Eve party. Then we learn Tim can go back in time. So he goes back to the same party, which was a nice technique. Tony, what do you like about that? I like that it's kind of light sci-fi that's kind of augmented by the characters. Like for, I think you could poke holes within some of the time traveliness. And in fact, I think the movie near the end pokes a hole in it itself on purpose to almost be like, this is fun sci-fi, but it's very light. It's about the characters and the growth and you being on this journey with the characters. And I actually really like that. I like, like, I love hard sci-fi. I love things that are, you know, deep into like, you know, interstellar where it's, uh, you know, scientific concepts explored to the extreme. I also like this light sci-fi that's used and applied masterfully to be a character study. So... Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I really only have one, like, small beef with the time travel that we see. I know you could poke holes in all sorts of different things here, but that's completely unnecessary for the type of movie that this is. I I did Mm -hmm. read some people, like, punching holes in it, and I just thought, you've missed the entire point of this movie. Like, it's not about the time travel. The time travel is sort of like... um, it's just a a facet or a way to show you um, more about life and what's important in life. So Mm -hmm. the time travel could absolutely not even exist in this movie. And you could tell a similar story, but they throw it in there because it's a lot of fun. So don't take it so fucking seriously. But I I would like to get your guys' opinion on the one thing that I thought sort of didn't work, but we'll get to that a bit later. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what What I liked seeing here... Um, from let's just call it party one and party two is you get to see some things go wrong in party one. And then Mm -hmm. as Tim has an opportunity to go back and do it all over again, he fixes those problems. 
And those problems don't just make his night better. They make the night better for other people. So I liked the idea that we're going to be going back in time here and he's going to be doing things to improve like everybody's scenario. It's not just going to be him being a dick trying to do something rude or, or, or you know, evil. It's just he's going to try to make himself happier and other people happier. It's like a very innocent use of time travel. Yeah. Uh, I did like how they set up the time travel with a specific um, sound cue. So he's told to go into like a small area, like a closet or a bathroom or something, clench his fists and think back to a place and time he's been and he'll go there. And there's a very specific sound that plays. And having established that right off the bat, they're able to play with that sound later in the movie. And we understand that that sound means he's traveling through time. And because of that, they're able to create some like humorous scenes without needing to show him go off and hide somewhere. And um, I just thought, I thought it really worked well with them being able to do some fast edits without, without that whole get in the closet. So I really liked that sound cue. Yeah, totally. I didn't even think about that. That's such a good point. Um, I can just hear it now and hear the like transitions into the scenes and you just know he's doing it over and over again because that cue is in there. Uh, Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's really, uh, really smart movie making. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that at all either. That's oh, man, another thing to enjoy on the rewatch uh that you pointed it out. So yeah, brilliant. So what does Tim do with this <laughs> newfound power, right? Like if someone told you you could go back into time, I feel like most people's thought process might go to where Tim's initially goes, which is Let's get rich. You know, it's 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 Biff from Back to the Future. Let's let's make him <laughs> a, a million trillion dollars and of course. So that's what I kind of what he initially mentions to his dad, but his dad's like, "No, that doesn't really work out. Like that's not what this power is is best used for." And his dad says, "You want to use it to like get what you really actually want out of life. So take a moment to think about what that is and then go for that. And for Tim, it's a girlfriend. He hasn't had a girlfriend. He wants a girlfriend. And that's what he decides he wants to use this power for. And his dad approves, you know, says that's a great, that's a great thing to go for. So uh, his first attempt at that is fucking awesome. It's probably one of my most favorite sequences in this entire movie. And it's when Margot Robbie comes to stay at their house for the summer. She's a friend of the sister Kit Kat, and she's obviously gorgeous. And Tim obviously falls immediately in love with her. So, uh, Tony, what are what are the some of the things you like about this um, this summer at the house with the with the family and Charlotte? I mean, for me, it's always the the scene where he's uh, gonna put uh, suntan lotion on her, and the first scene where he's way overexcited, like squirts half the bottle over her back, <laughs> and then goes running inside, <laughs> just like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and then then you know, getting to do it over again, and and just being like, it's almost too comical in a way where he's like hold on a tick 
and licks his finger, turns yeah. the page, then closes it, like blows on his hands or <laughs> to make them warm. I mean, yeah. I just I love that scene and it's it's so much fun. And then you get to see uh, Bill Nighy's reaction to all of this going on, too. And uh, I don't know. It's so much fun. The first half of this movie is so much fun and so funny, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Him just running back into the house, like squirting all the suntan lotion, <laughs> just running back. Like, no, 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 no. Running into the house. That would be so funny to be them like in that position. <laughs> just got all that squirted on her back. And he just goes running into the house yelling no. <laughs> He's he gets to do it over again, but it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just so realistic, right? Like, if this was any of us, we, we would have done the same thing. We would have squirted the bottle all over a girl's back. Like, oh my goodness, a girl asked you to put suntan lotion on her back? I don't know how to do that. You know, this is so embarrassing. What am I going to do? Uh, you mentioned, Tony, like the first half of this movie or first part of this movie is uh, very fun and like uh, humorous. You know, I really think that they're trying to show the youthfulness of his character here because this movie yeah. does kind of like take you through the progression of his life. And like this is I don't know, like I don't know if you guys had this, but summer crush. I mean, that was such a huge thing for me. I've, I've had several summers as a kid where you meet a girl, um, I don't know, out at the beach or something and you, you know, you fall in love for the summer and, you know, you. Well, for me, it was like I, it was a one one sided thing. Like I fall in love, and then I'm too scared to talk to her, and I never do, and then that's the end of it, or you know something like that. But um, that really came through in this opening. Like he's he's kind of dorky, right? Um, he oh, just yeah. doesn't have the experience, uh, but he gets to learn by rewinding and trying it all over again. And yeah, I, I think that's why I like this part so much because it was so kind of. Um, youthful and free yeah actually in thinking if i if i had this power and able to do it it would enable me to be a little bit more fearless with like approaching things like approaching True. you know um someone i had a crush on and being forthright with them and stuff which you know he kind of jumps into with charlotte uh pretty easily after that first you know hang up of spurting a whole bunch of suntan lotion on her back yeah i i i like i i feel like i'm always in his position and throughout this whole like dating life that he does it's like yep that's been me yep that's been yeah. me um <laughs> i'm definitely like the super dorky awkward horrible date person um that really need needed to uh get all the bad ones out of the way that type of thing um so it's like i really get it and, and like just kind of an overall concept of the movie, like I believe this going back and redoing the same thing over and over is, you know, about like dwelling on a memory of something and like, oh, what would I do different? How would I have changed that? And how you just like can't let those things go again, the type of person I am if something the like awkward dates are still burned in my memory. Like I'll just be like in the, for some reason in the showers where you get all your time to think. I'm in the shower thinking of like, oh, I can't believe that happened on a date. Like I still do that for stuff that happened like 12 years ago or whatever. Like it's just still, still those things are burned. And like, what would I have done differently? Like it doesn't matter and now, but what would I have done differently? How would I have changed that? So yeah, I like this. He gets the chance to change, to actually change it on the spot and do the right thing. Um, so this whole summer, part is great um i like that it doesn't work i like that no matter what he can do and how much he can game it it doesn't work for him because sometimes it's not meant to be so a really great start for me for his first chance and shot at love 
I think it also sets up really well that he can't use this for manipulation purposes, even though he kind yes. of manipulates in the next segment, but it's not nefarious. And it's just like, if they're not interested, they're never going to be interested. Like he can't change that with all the time in the world. I think that's very important that they establish the, in the first, you know, um, summer that we see. So, yeah. Yeah. That was the important rule that they they needed to get across to us. And they do with that first, you know, uh, attempt at finding this girlfriend. So, yeah, and, and before we move on from the summer, I just had to read my favorite part of the entire summer while <laughs> while they're playing tennis. Um, Tim says, uh, how are you meant to live your life with this sort of shit going down? Yeah. Yes. In regards to just Margot Robbie hitting a tennis ball. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How's he Excellent. supposed to concentrate on tennis? How's he supposed to concentrate on life? With her, Unlike, with, her, with this with her sort around. of shit yeah. going down. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, it's a tremendously well-written script. There's so many Agreed. funny, funny things. There's so many like truly deep, uh, passionate and emotional things. Tony mentioned you're crying halfway through the movie. It took me a bit longer than half, but I mean, of course I got there. And then like, as you're nearing like the three quarter to the end, it's like, you you start crying and then the tears just get heavier and heavier the longer the movie goes because like yeah it's just like okay here's something super deep and it hits you and then you have like three seconds to recover then they hit you with something else that's really deep and all of it has been set up so well throughout the movie that it's impossible for you not to cry uh it's fantastic movie making yeah, yeah and in, in my opinion like we won't not not details of the end but like in my opinion um that it hits you as sad then it kind of turns it on you and you're like so you're still you still have those tears you still have that crying but by the end it's this like happy hopeful type of thing um and you just feel kind of you feel good you know you're not you're not sad you feel like okay you know what we can do this <laughs> we can we can get this we can get through this and i think that's such a such a great way to change that to hit you with the crying with the sad but then move it into this hopefulness it does melancholy inspiring like it it's melancholy yeah. and dovetails into inspiring exactly. and i love this movie for it because it's not something that you watch and it's just tragic and it ends and you're like ugh you know you feel sour from it because you've been crying like it's i don't know it's yeah it just it, does it so well it's it's emotional but it's like it's happy at the same time like none of it mm-hmm. is none of it is um like really, really heavy. None of it's really negative. The movie's very, very positive. And even as you're watching those scenes, like they're beautiful scenes. They're so well done. Yeah. And that's almost where the tears come from is almost like how beautiful of a scenario they've set up, not how tragic it is. So right. it's like a, it, it almost works even better that way because of the beauty that they're portraying. But, yeah, you know, like we mentioned, it's just, it's about life. So there's some heavy things that happen in life. And they're just kind of pointing out that, hey, this does happen. But look, there's like the, you know, the light on the other side and you can you can get there. Yeah. And, and this reminds me um, when he's first coming out of the, the closet at the party, uh, there's like an Amelie poster on the wall. Yeah. And this movie is so similar to Amelie. Totally. For me. I it's that. just like 
those are like my top these are like my top two like hopeful movies like movies where i'm like oh the world is good you know it, it's okay and, and i yeah i just i thought that that was such a good thing to put on the wall there and be like yes she is also in that movie just trying to do good and you know tim goes back to this party and does good for other people uh just great to have that poster there I need to see Amelie. Uh, that is a blind spot for whatever reason. I need to see that. You'll love it, man. You'll love it. Yeah. It's so good. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, Tony, why don't you tell us about the meeting between Tim and Mary? Oh, yeah. With um, I read about this, too. The writer-director, Richard Curtis, actually, he based this scene of going into like what is a blind you eat in the dark um like restaurant on something that he actually did and there is an actual restaurant in England so the way they meet is he's with his dodgy friend Jay um and they you know he, Jay takes him to this restaurant where they're guided in by a blind man and it's complete uh darkness and they're eating uh, across or next to um, two ladies and and interacting with them. And you hear their whispered conversations while looking at a black screen. But there's some like reflections in it. Like they really did have a shot and set something up, um, which I which I think is interesting. Like I would love to see like it lit, like just like a behind the scenes little like what were they what were they filming in? How is this done? So I'm always imagining it, but um, Mary and Tim have this very um, cute conversation that leads to them, um, to Tim getting uh, Mary's phone number uh, at the end outside when they finally meet. And I just think it's so sweet and um, it sucks that it's erased. (laughs) That meet cute is erased. They have a different meet cute sort of couple of them (laughs) before we get to how that got erased i just want to touch on this restaurant and i think it's like a really cool idea you know to have a blind date with somebody in a completely black dark restaurant with blind people serving you food but it would be so extremely awkward going out afterwards and then coming face to face with the person when they come out i just i cringed at this part in the movie for like how embarrassing it could possibly be. Yeah. Now it works out great for them, but I mean, right. it didn't work out well for the friend, right? Like the girls, the girls <laughs> like, Oh no, <laughs> who's this guy? Yeah. When she sees him, she's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I got to get away from this yeah. guy. But uh, just, yeah, it's, it was a really interesting kind of first meetup. Yeah. Tim, there was a reality show that was just based on that exact thing. And I think it was called, dating in the dark or something like that and you would go on a date in the darkness and you'd talk to the person and then here's the worst part here's the worst part tim (laughs) you'd talk to the person and then one of you is up on a balcony and the other walks out of like the mansion (laughs) and the person on the balcony decides if they want to stay or leave and you then as the person on the ground look up after they've made their choice and they're either still there or they're gone and they're gone because they didn't look. Oh, how embarrassing. I thought you were going to say the people up in the balcony decide whether they want to jump off or not. If they uh, (laughs) like you or not, Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go one further Dean, because I'm a bit older than you, but there was an old like daytime, you know, uh, 
television game show. I think it was Love Connection, I think it was called. Same thing, though. There's like a guy or a girl and then three people behind a wall and the audience right. gets to see all of them. Uh, but they just ask questions to each one, you know, hypothetical questions. And then by the end, they choose someone and then they meet. And I fucking tell you, dude, 99% of the time, it was an awkward meetup. They were just like, this is not what I was expecting. We are ab- not <laughs> we're not going to go on that date. And, you yeah. know, it was it was made for <laughs> made for great television. But man, yeah. just some real, real awkward shit. Yeah, I think they captured the awkwardness in this scene like perfectly. Um, you know, Rachel McAdams little stumble when she comes out is fantastic, you know, so cute. Uh, I really like this meet cute in the dark. I think it's really good contrasting with his like first love that he had, where as soon as she comes out of the car, he's in love with her. You know, it's like, oh, Margot Robbie stepped out of a car. I'm in love with her. And then he like spends more time with her over the summer and learns to like her for other reasons. But that's the first thing on his mind. This one, he doesn't even get to see. He just like gets to connect with the person in the dark and then gets to see what she's, you know, what she's like later. So I thought that that was a really good, really good meet cute here. Yeah, so in the process of Tim going back in time to help this character, Harry, who he's living with, he's moved out of his house, he's in London, he's living with Harry, he helps Harry out, and in the process, ends up not going on that date, so he loses Mary's number. So he's like, he goes to his phone to call her, and it's gone, so... This is a fun, like, learning moment for him where he's learning the rules of time travel here. Like, you, if an event happens and you go back in time to change a different event, well, you've erased that first event because you never ended up doing that that night. So uh, it, it, made for, it made for fun, you know, stuff in the movie where he has to go and try to court Mary again. And it sort of sets the laws of the time travel rules up in the movie as well. So it was a nice kind of like double entendre thing that they did here. Yeah. And very crucial that uh, he doesn't just go back and do the date over again and leave his friend out to dry. You know, he makes this, he's like, well, I just helped him out. I can't undo that. You know, I can't just undo that to go on this date again. So it just shows this, the good character that, that we have in, in the lead. Exactly. Yeah. And what he does is he uses his knowledge about her that he remembers from the date to go and then stalk her. So he knows she's a huge Kate Moss fan and there's a Kate Moss exhibit in town. So he goes to that exhibit to try to find her and he does. And uh, that was pretty fun. Again, more awkwardness, right? Because he's approaching her and he knows her. He already hit it off with her. But she doesn't yeah. know him. So he's having he's having a hard time like restraining himself from sharing these feelings that he has. And it was it was a very interesting scene. I you know, I really liked it. Uh what it what do you think, Tony? I think the best part is that his sister Kit Kat's with him and it's so hilarious. Like Kit ha- Kit Kat has to go my sister Kit Kat has to leave and she's <laughs> totally caught off guard by this. And bye, I have to, and just sort of exit screen right. It's hilarious to me. Uh the rest of it is probably the only part of the movie where I I cringe a bit just because it is so like awkward and it's fine but it is definitely something where i'm like oh gosh don't don't touch her you don't know her like he yeah. does this little poke thing <laughs> the I'm double like, poke on the back like like please don't do that like <laughs> nope uh 
but we get through it. Um, but yeah, I think the best part of it's the Kit Kat part, honestly, for me. So, yeah, I love I love this whole whole Kate Moss exhibit. Uh, just for like from the beginning of his like dedication to just sitting there, and then his like letting all this stuff slip that he knows about her, trying to use that stuff to like. I just, it's so cringy and it's so me like it's so the stuff yep. that i did on those horrible dates like i would like extensively look at someone on facebook and then accidentally bring up something i learned from their profile that was like from six years ago and it's like oh shit why did i say that now they're gonna know i looked back in their history um it, it just felt exactly like that and the dedication to sit there knowing that she likes kate moss she's probably gonna come here and just like he's just looking at everyone walking in and then as soon as she comes in he's like oh my god <laughs> and I just I, I loved it. I love the dedication. Yeah, I think as he's sitting and waiting and like all these people are passing through, it's like time lapse. I think we're supposed to think he's been yeah. there for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, um, for sure. I believe they have Friday. I'm in love by the cure playing, which is just such a great mm-hmm. song and such a great choice for that great. moment. But like a- as he kind of like convinces her to let him hang around and walk with them through this exhibit, he eventually learns that she has a boyfriend. So in the process of him losing her phone number and not going on that date, even though this is likely the next day, um, them not meeting is enough for her to already be kind of engaged with another guy and kind of like considering herself taken. So Tim has to go back in time again to try to, <laughs> to try to, you know, get her to fall in love with him. So he goes back to the party where she met that guy. He gets there ahead of time and he just woos her now with with all this knowledge he has of her. He knows the exact right thing to say. And he sort of like sweeps her off her feet. They leave the party to go for supper. And that boyfriend is on his way in as they're leaving. <laughs> and I just love Tim's like, he, even though Mary has no idea who this dude is and never will, Tim's still like kind of like throwing jabs at that guy's way, you know, like, like what, uh, a yeah, what a dick. That guy's a dick. All he did is he literally just walked past them. And Tim's like, that guy's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. I love just that. Planting that idea right yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. I like that. I also like that he goes up to her and he's saying all these things, but also he's like, if we leave now, we can get two starters. And it's like, yeah, I mean, a cute person comes up to you at a party and is like, let's go eat. We can get two appetizers. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. It was perfect because he was using information that he knew about her, about yeah. he, he's like requoting a quote that she said to him. Then mm-hmm. he's being funny about like, if we go for dinner, we can get double starters. Then he, yeah. he drops a line about how beautiful her eyes are. So he kind of like really nailed that first encounter and like there's no wonder she kind of fell in love with him at that moment it was just it was the perfect you know first meeting for for her so tim now has a girlfriend the thing that he deemed most important to use the power of time travel to get and i sort of thought that this was what the entire movie was going to be the first time i watched it i thought it was going to be this funny movie where he keeps trying over and over and over again and um, it takes until the end for her to kind of finally fall in love with him. So I was kind of surprised and excited uh, that we're still, you know, not all that far in the movie and he's got her. So Tim ends up, you know, after they've been dating for a while, Tim ends up bumping into Charlotte, his first love, and he has a chance to sleep with her, but he doesn't do it because he realizes how much he loves Mary. 
And because of that, he immediately rushes home to propose to her. Um, this was, this is a pretty fun scene where she's sleeping and he just kind of like is proposing as she's just sort of waking up. Um, did, did you like this Dean? You like this proposal? Mary liked it. Oh yeah. Yeah. The proposal's great. I mean, like Rich McAdams is so funny in this movie and she's really funny in this scene. Uh, it's, it's really good. It's a really good scene. Uh, I like that he's got the, He's got the, like the the band outside in the room playing and she's she's happy that he proposed with no one around and so he goes, "Oh, I'm just going to go turn off the radio and he has to go tell the band to leave." Yeah. Uh great stuff. Um I this this whole part's like I like the proposal part. I don't really like the Margot Robbie stuff. It's kind of the only thing in the movie I don't really like. I don't think it needs to be there. I don't think we I, I believe he loves Mary. I don't need this like little extra flame from the past and having to deny her to convince himself that he wants to marry Mary. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I don't think that part is necessarily there. It's a little weird. He gets all the way to her door when he's like living with Mary. I just think that that's a little bit strange. What's he, you know, I know maybe he has this type of confidence because he can live it over again. So maybe he's being curious, but like still, I just, I don't know. It, it's the little part of the movie that doesn't quite work for me. I would agree. Um, I think it's his curiosity and knowing that he can live it over that he explores that. Um, but it is one of those things to where I think it could have ended after their first couple interactions and then could have skipped over to it. But I think maybe trying to put, a, you know, end to that whole Charlotte thread, I guess. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think it's go ahead, Tony. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think it still works overall. I just agree that it's um, unnecessary. So, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Like, I also don't like it because it sort of starts to intrude on the rule that they established earlier, where if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be because he could possibly hear like sleep with Charlotte and like move on with Charlotte and not marry. And in that way, uh, the things that he did that summer did actually affect her and her love for him. Um, so I think they kind of like stabbed themselves a little bit in the foot with trying to establish if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, but then she's willing to sleep with him later on when she like sees him again. So yeah, I'm with you guys show, show us the scene in the theater that we get and then just kind of have that be the end of it. Yeah, agree. Yeah, that fun interaction where he's a dweeb and we love yeah, him yeah. for it. You exactly. know, just yeah. tripping over <laughs> his words. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I will say the first time watching this too, I was like, oh no, this isn't going to turn into like an affair thing. Right. Like, where is this going? Because, you know, we've watched the first like almost half of the movie and everything's smooth. So we're like, where's more conflict going to come? And that's where I was worried on my first viewing, like, uh-oh. I don't know if I'll like this. And then thankfully they went nowhere with it and I love it. But yeah, it was one of those things that first viewing, it scared the shit out of me, honestly. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So that uh, wedding or that marriage proposal quickly leads to them getting married. And another really great scene here with this whole wedding sequence, like <laughs> it starts off as such a, kind of sweet, you know, romantic, cool wedding. Uh, this is where the narration kicked in for me. So they're like narrating, like, 
how Mary, <laughs> like the subtleties of Mary coming down the aisle and then the subtlety of Tim giving a little dance and then the subtlety of his dad also giving a little dance, but then getting shut down yeah. by the mom. And I was like, this is so fucking great. I love this. Um, but then, yeah, like this beautiful wedding just turns to shit when the weather takes a huge turn. It's like tornado right. uh, level winds outside as everybody comes out and, you know, people's dresses are being blown up. Um, the people are falling over on the ground. Then the rain, the monsoons come down. People are getting absolutely drenched. They all go under the tent. The tent <laughs> collapses under the weight of a bunch of water that comes splashing through on people and everybody's soaked the cupcakes are ruined the tent itself is like taken off into like the next community yeah. over it's just this giant tent <laughs> is just thrown by the wind they all go inside and i thought it was hilarious and just you know one of those sort of wedding memories that you you sort of like <laughs> it would seem like it would be um a, a ruined wedding but in the long run, you might remember that more so than a, a normal a normal wedding. So I kind of like that they had it. And then even Tim asks Mary, you know, when it's sort of all winding down, he's like, would you have preferred that this happened on another day? Because he could just rewind time and have it happen on a day that this weather doesn't happen. And she's like, no, it was perfect. So uh, love that wedding scene. Yeah, that's such a great, like, I think it's for that. I think it's for Tim to ask that and Mary just to be like, no, it, it's fine. It's perfect. Just as a lesson to us and a lesson to Tim that like everything doesn't have to go perfectly for you to absolutely love the day that you're a part of and just like that and, and have a great memory. It doesn't have to go exactly as planned. It can be the worst weather on your wedding day where everyone had to go outside and it's still okay. It's still fine. Uh, so yeah, I really, really liked that moment. And I mean, he relived moments of it three to four times based on best man choices. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> so I get not wanting to like pick a different day too after all that. Uh, and uh, I think with the wedding, again, it's where it starts to lean into the father-son relationship where you kind of see where the focus of this movie is going to be at and... Uh, for the rest of the movie and that, you know, um, sp both speeches that the dad gives uh, are just beautiful. And I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I love that scene. I love, I love the love that we get to see throughout this whole movie with these characters, the love that they yeah. have for one another. And um, yeah, I think the wedding with all the funny, you know, chaotic things that are happening and it's still, showing that it's that they're having a good time and that what matters there is the love that they all have for one another and the experience and not necessarily everything going like pristine and 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 as it should you know them rolling with the punches like and again i think you could equate that out to the message the movie is kind of giving with life you know so yeah 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 totally and like Bill Nye, we've been talking about him. He was so good at the beginning of the movie, just like hitting it so hard. We love him. And then he's gone for a while because the movie becomes what th this is. Tim trying to get himself a girlfriend. Then we're at, you know, his wedding and we get Nye again. He's back in and it's like heavy, you know, and now it's like, oh, yes, this is why this is why he was so great. We remember how good he was at the beginning. We just want him in the rest of the movie. And uh, like 
that, yeah, I think that's why he's all our favorite character. Uh, he's just like, you can notice his impact as soon as he comes back in the movie because we, we've actually hit the goal of like what we thought the movie was halfway through here. Where are we going to carry on? How are we going to do this? And we get him back in the movie to kind of regenerate us and get us, okay, it's this family. It's more going to be more about this family story and how to, you know, go on with all these, uh, with all these characters. So, oh man, when he comes back in, he's just so funny. Some the speeches are incredible. He's got this great, like, table tennis line before the wedding where he's just like playing without a ball and he's just like I'm so good without the ball just such a such a great endearing thing to say <laughs> like I just love him laughing so hard when he says that uh just a yeah great character yeah I, I really like this moment at the wedding for him because he delivers this great speech and then he's talking to Tim about it and he's he says I forgot to say that I love you and Tim's like, well, dad, that was obviously implied. And he's like, well, no, I, I, I have to say that I love you. So we know that the men in the family can travel back in time, but this is the first time we're seeing the dad do it. So I really like that aspect of seeing him do it as well. Like it, it just, it piqued my curiosity. Like what are some of the things that he goes back in time to do? I wonder what, like you could have another entire movie about him and his experiences of going back in time. That would be an awesome sequel, but I love that the reason he's choosing to go back into time is because he forgot to tell his son he loved him. And that's enough. Yeah. Like that's that's all he needs to say, you know what, I did it wrong. That's what I need to redo. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. yeah. And and he tells Desmond that he loves him in that same speech. Yep. And that guy says that was his, the best, best day, day of, of his, his life. life later in the movie. Oh. And that is, man, that hits me so hard. That just like, that character is so great. And that part just, yeah, it just get, like brings tears to your eyes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that part destroys me. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, in the best way. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I do want to touch here on the part um, where the time travel starts to melt my brain. And I think this is okay. going to be a segment, Dean, in every mo movie we do this year, where the time travel yeah. at, at some point is just going to wear me down and, and melt my melt my consciousness. And fair enough. This is where it occurs in this movie. Like up till now, everything's been delightfully easy to follow. But yeah, Tim and Mary have a baby girl, Posey. Then Tim goes back in time to help Kit Kat. Uh, there's a big storyline there that if anybody wants to get to in the future, we can. Um, but when Tim returns from helping her to the present, his daughter is now a son. So uh, first of all, I think this is a great idea. And this actually becomes one of the most important aspects of the movie is the fact mm -hmm. that you can't travel past the birth of your child or you'll likely get a new child due to the randomness of pregnancy. So upon seeing that Tim now has a son, he travels back in time to get his daughter back, but I don't understand how he gets her back with all of that randomness. Um, wouldn't it already be too late? Well, this is the way that I view it. If I'm really trying to think about it, which usually I ignore it. But, like, he's still traveling linearly. Like, it, even if he goes back, he has a linear timeline that he himself is following. So I believe he just keeps going back before he does X thing. Like, remembers that that thing that he's 
now erased because he's in a linear path of time versus oh. how everyone else is jumbled okay. up. Okay. So I, that's how I view it. I actually think um, that so, does make sense. Is yeah. That, so what he does, what he would do here, Tim, because it happens when he like wants to help out his sister, Kit Kat brings her all the way back to the New Year's party and she punches that boyfriend who's going to be actually horrible to her and make her life horrible. He doesn't go back with her to the New Year's party to you know, make it right. He right. actually goes to a spot where he never where he told didn't her, help her and he never helped her out. He goes all the way back to like his daughter's birthday where he actually doesn't go help her out and never even starts that process. Okay. So he goes yeah. to his daughter's birthday. He doesn't actually, okay. Yeah. He doesn't go back to, he doesn't go back and fix things. He just goes back to a time where it was okay. Still. Right. Okay. Okay. That That's what yeah. I was missing. I, I assumed he went back before her birth to not help Kit Kat, but he didn't need to go that far. Right. He just needed to go like no. to the birth there, the one year birthday party where the accident happened and not yeah. help her at that point. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. So this is, this is not a hole with the movie. This is just, this is where my brain melted as I'm it's trying to like, keep yeah, track the of all the time point. travel stuff. And I was like, I can't <laughs> yeah. do it anymore. I need help. I wish there was someone here yeah. to explain this to me. So uh, thank you guys. That makes perfect sense. We got you. Now, um, there is a second secret here from Dad. So Dad dropped the first secret. You can travel through time. Uh, he says it's time to get to uh, another secret. But unfortunately, like this whole getting to this secret is, is pretensed under some unfortunate conditions. Um, Tim and Mary have a second child, which is not a bad thing. This is great. But after that happens, Tim gets a call that his dad is dying from cancer. So this is the unfortunate thing, and they go home to visit him. Uh, the dad says it was probably from the smoking, but he did that before the kids were born, so he can't go back and change that. He has a funny line. He says also, like, he picked up the mother because he was a cool smoker. So if he stopped yeah. smoking, he yep. wouldn't have the mother wouldn't have been into him either, so there's no way to stop Love the it. smoking from happening. <laughs> Yeah, I I still think I'm old enough. I'm from the generation where no matter what anyone says, it's bad for you. Don't do it. I still think smoking is cool. It's been ingrained. Yeah, yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah. I think we were, for sure. Dean, I think we were talking yeah. about that recently uh, in yeah. one of our episodes. I don't know. Might have been. I don't know what it was. But if you had a right. leather jacket, if you had your collar flipped up, and you had a cigarette, you were cool. Oh, it was our Rambo. Was cool. It was our Rambo episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. John yeah. Rambo flips his collar up, and he just looked badass. Yeah, he looked cool. Yeah. The dad says he has weeks to live and wants to tell Tim the real secret formula for happiness. So it's cool. You know, he's given Tim a bunch of time to play with this time travel on his own, try to figure things out himself. But now as he's dying... He wants to let Tim know the real way to do it. Like, this is this is what has worked for me, and I want to share it with you because I think it's like sort of like the secret to this time travel weapon that we have. And he tells him, just get on with ordinary life, living it day by day like anyone else, but live every day again, almost exactly the same. The first time with all the tensions and worries that stop us noticing how sweet the world can be. But the second time, noticing. Now, as the movie took us through that, um, they gave us like a great 
um, day in the life of Tim. And it's that first mm-hmm. day full of the tensions, full of the, the problems that come with any day. And then they showed him doing it over again with his, his dad's advice of taking in all the moments. You've already lived it now and just kind of absorb it and enjoy it. Uh, this was a really, really great montage. Um, I like this a lot. Yeah, same. Um, the the tears start at the funeral, and this is where they just get heavier. Um, this like whole living through this day of the stress, and then like living it again, and just like just noticing everything that's wonderful in the world. It's, it's it's this is where the hope comes from, and the inspiration comes from. From this movie is that you can be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you know, maybe I am too stuck in all the pressures and everything and all the bad things. Maybe I need to look up at that cashier and say, have a nice day. You know, maybe I need to just be more aware of what's going on and enjoying my life. Take a look around. Um, you know, when, when you're walking through places and it's just, it just starts to get me here. And then I think this formula that Tim ends up morphing it into is just even better and better. You know, it's, it's just like this, this movie is so great. It's like this funny front half. Then it hits you with like, uh, it's just like perfect dating awkwardness and magic that happens in dating. Then it gets you into this really heavy family drama stuff that like really hits you hard. And then it just has this wonderful message at the end. Like it just like hits it out of the park for me at the end. This, it couldn't end better with this living the day first, then living the day second and enjoying everything. And then, you know, morphing it eventually into what Tim does where he just lives every day just once like it's the second time and then even a step further he stops using it and it's just like this whole this whole um, process of getting you to the end where you're like oh yeah okay you know maybe we don't you know we, we don't dwell you know we don't need to dwell on those things of the past it's cool to be able to redo them but maybe I don't need to think about everything I did wrong in that just like just live it like it is the second time I don't need to use it anymore just just like live your life like yeah like it would be the second time you're living that day and what a yeah, just what a what a great movie as a whole. Great way to finish it here at the end. Yeah, you you summed it up beautifully. Uh, the only thing I want to add is I start crying when they're uh, back. Well, hold on. Uh, D- so Dean is Dean has taken us to the ending. We're not yeah, quite right. there yet. So Tony, we'll sorry, we'll get a po- we'll get we'll get to talk about what you want to talk about. Dean Dean was just overly excited about um, how right. Tim, you know, took took what the dad said. And then yeah. made it his own, which is, it, it truly is a great yeah. moment in the movie. Um, yeah. For sure. Know, just that, it, it's really beautiful on like a few levels. Like the dad tells him the secret of life and then Tim uses that, but then learns what the secret of life for him is. And it's a little bit different than dad, but it took what dad knew to kind of get it through to him. And it makes me wonder, you know, when Tim shares this information with his son, um, how's that going to go? And like, what's his son? How's his son going to take this information and, and possibly change or improve upon that, right? It's like the, the generational changes that something like this would have and even how, you know, how moving into the future, like as the world changes, how does this power change for them? So there's a lot of stuff left to think about, but it is a really, really beautiful message that they, they get to by the end, yeah. But uh, before all that, the dad has to pass away. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't been crying quite enough yet, so we need to do more of that. Um, they're at the funeral. Tim rewinds to go and visit the dad. Just like heartbreaking stuff, but really intelligent. Again, movie making, having him at the funeral, but being able to go visit his dad and talk to him still. 
then another really big moment in the movie where Mary wants to have a third child. And if they have this child, this is the decision that will prevent Tim from ever visiting his dad again, because his dad passed away before the birth of the child. So Tim can't travel back past that point. So Tim goes back to visit the dad one last time to tell him he won't be seeing him again. And this is obviously just crushing, crushing in the movie. This is what you're talking about, Tony, this beautiful moment between the two of them. So why don't you tell us about that? Oh, oh, yeah. Actually, no, my moment's farther back where I start crying. Oh, sorry. I love this moment, too. Oh, no, totally fine. Um, Tell us all the moments where you cry. Yeah, tell us where you start. (laughs) Okay, where I start is it's literally they're back at the house and Kit Kat comes down and um, they didn't realize she was there. And he's asking, oh, uh, how long you been here? A couple of weeks, you know, and then that and that gets me going because personally for me, I've been there to where I've had to go back and live with parents and because of circumstances and whatnot. So I empathize with that. Plus then I know what's coming is the Kit Kat storyline. So I just, that moment where it's just the brother and sister talking, that's where I start crying. And it pretty much goes the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. Like small breaks, and but yeah, the rest of the movie. Um, so, but no, this scene, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful I, it, for several reasons. I love that they break the rules of this, of, of time travel here. Like, I, I kind of think that it's kind of showing like, like it's almost saying that isn't the point of this movie. Like, I almost feel like this scene in of itself is like time travel is not the point of this movie. Um, the characters and the love and the drama within and the message is the point of this movie. It's just real sweet scene where it's, I believe, Richard Curtis's sons playing uh, young Tim, uh, the director's son. Oh, okay. Um, and and Bill Nighy throwing rocks on the beach like they used to. And like even thinking about it, getting the chills, you know, it's just really well done, really well shot. And then you get this like, thanks, dad, you know, oof. Yeah. It's yeah. so. It's beautiful. So good. Yeah. And I, I really like how we enter this final scene with the dad. It's very strange. They haven't done it through the entire movie. And they're playing ping pong. And they, like, the camera is moving up the stairs in a POV, but we already yeah. know they're playing. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. We're, not just, yeah. we're not just with them. We're moving up the stairs, POV, and then all of a sudden we're in the room and playing. And so I just kind of stopped and rewound and watched it again. I was, cool. was kind of talking about it with, with my wife, Laura, of like, why would they do that? Why would they do, why would we be in POV walking up the stairs? So we kind of concluded, I mean, it doesn't really matter because the time travel is not really that important part of this, but we kind of concluded that maybe that's how he's always getting into his, his body because it's kind of like, it's kind of like he enters his past body, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not always popping out of a cupboard just because he went into a cupboard. Uh, so sometimes that's what they're showing us, but it doesn't happen every time like that. Maybe he's like his his like soul or whatever is transitioning at that point into his younger self, and then as soon as we're in the room, we are now with him, you know, in his in his in his younger body. Oh, that's a really interesting take. I like that. Oh, that's the way I'm going to view it from now on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I noticed that camera shot. It's like you're following Tim into the room, but you're not. You just, the camera gets into the room and they're there. Yeah. It's, that's interesting. Yeah. 
I like that. Like a soul or out of body experience. Yeah. Like that's how he boom pops into his memory or scene and takes. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So, uh, kind of like closing the movie down here. Um, you know, Kit Kat has a baby of her own. She's, you know, married to Tim's friend. So, you know, we didn't talk much about her story, but she had a rough go of it. And, you know, she gets her happy ending here, which is nice to see. Tim says that he thinks he's learned the final lesson from his travels in time. And he's even gone one step further than his father. And this is what Dean had mentioned before. He says, the truth is I now don't travel back at all. Not even for the day. I just try to live every day as if I've deliberately come back to this day to enjoy it as it was the full final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. He's given this power of time travel and he's learned that he doesn't need it because he can live, you know, just as great a life without it, but just having the knowledge of what it can do for him and what it did do for him. So uh, it's really cool. It's it's really powerful still here at the ending. They just kind of keep hitting you with like thing after thing. This doesn't even sound like it's an emotional thing, but I mean, it's a really, really powerful point in the movie. And it's just like Tony says, like, the, you know, it just, it continues to be emotional and, um, it's yeah, it's just it's so well done. Fuck, it's just such a good movie. But we see Tim. Um, this is an example of like what Tim has said. So at the end here, we see him wake up in the morning, and the kids are crying. And Mary says, "I'll get up with them." And Tim says, "No, I'll get up with them." Right. So obviously, before he had come to this decision, he probably would have wanted to sleep in. Who wouldn't want to sleep in? You know. But he's like, "No, I'm going to get up with the kids." And we see him get up with them. He gives them breakfast. He takes them to school. And he's loving every minute of it. Like he truly is just loving the day for what it is. Uh, the movie ends up showing us a bunch of different people in different you know, situations in the city uh, throughout the day. Doing everyday activities. And the end. So... The ending montage reminds me a lot of the ending montage of Love Actually, another one of his movies. Yeah, I was and just going to say I'm, that. I'm a sucker for that. I love that. Uh, um, yeah, it's... It's just showing way... people living their life. Like, it's just, it, it's just like, adds that... It, it's like, here's what this movie was about. And now look at everyone just like living their life. This guy's sleeping on a bench. This, these two people are playing in the park. It's just like, look around, you know, it's just another thing. Like there's people out there and you know, everyone's, everyone's living their life, you know, be, be nice to people and, and uh, you know, just go about enjoying, enjoying it. It's, it's such a great montage at the end. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. And I like, I like, like, Tim getting to all these conclusions on his own and like, well, not even on his own, but through the entirety of what happened to him in this movie. Like, I think even we didn't really talk about the Kit Kat that much, but I think that comes into play a lot too, because so he, he goes back to help her um, to show her her bad decisions and correct it for her because he's trying to help people in this movie and then realizes that's not what he can do. He can't go back before his baby's born. So he doesn't even go back and stop her from getting in a car accident because she needs to learn the lesson herself. 
So he, she's in the hospital and they sit there until she comes up with it on her own. She's been told it. She's been told it before, but sometimes people need to get there on their own. And I think that's what he learns, you know, too, in this moment. Sometimes you got to let people get there on their own. And, you know, she's just living out her life. She doesn't get to go back. Uh, and, and, you know, she it worked out for her. So I think this is why he learns at the end, you know, just, you know, one, I won't use the time travel. You know, I'll just live each day um, just like enjoying life. Yep. And I agree with everything you said, except if I did lock my keys in the car, I would totally use it. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Tony, <laughs> no. Time, time the point of sure. the movie is just enjoy the experience of you trying to get them out yeah. again. Enjoy calling yeah. the tow truck driver. Enjoy yes. your conversation Smile with that it. person. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the $250 bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe, right, maybe just, just go back. Okay, yeah, there's certain, certain times. Exactly. A certain time. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah, so just to like kind of touch one one more time on the time travel in this movie, I really liked the way that they used it. Um, this was similar to what we talked about on our Patreon episode, where the time travel is involved, but they don't show you anything about it. They do not show you that there's a time machine. They don't tell you there's technology. There's nothing. They just say, we can do it, and we're going to do it. And when... When that's said and done, it makes it easier for us not to question because there's nothing really to question. Like all they're saying is it can happen. So believe it. And and then we do. And you can kind of move past that idea and then just enjoy it. So I really did like the use of time travel in this movie. Yeah, and this is where like uh, Bill Nye's explanation at the beginning is so perfect. You know, he does. He says you go into a dark room, you close your eyes, clench your fist, and and a rumble and a tumble and a stumble. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's some stuff that's happening, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> you know, rumble, tumble, stumble, you're there. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's the the movie sets it up uh, in such a great way that we don't need to really get too too caught up in it, thinking about it, being shown what's happening. We can just get that music cue and we know what's going on. Uh, Tony, is this your favorite time travel movie? Easily. Yeah. It's just, I think, I think it has emotional and, and lifelong connections because it's been in my life for now 10 years. Um, and yeah. And I relate to different characters um, throughout, throughout these 10 years um, and kind of identify with some more than others and um and then it changes because like i mean all art you kind of uh you know changes over time on how you perceive it and stuff so i i yeah this is one of my favorite movies of all time let alone um definitely my favorite time travel movie which is wild because i would have never thought that 10 years ago <laughs> so that's cool before seeing this movie yeah uh dean what is your favorite time travel movie my favorite time travel movie has got to be Back to the Future. Um, but this is up there for sure. This is uh, this is definitely I have like a on Letterboxd. I have a it's a private list, but it's a uh, it's a top hundred. And I float it around a bit. I move things around in there. It's in there. It always has been. It moves up and moves. I mean, it's lately it's just been moving up and up. Um, I watched this a lot back when it came out, uh, and then. 
from, you know, I don't know, 2015-ish on, I hadn't watched it at all. And then this year, I've now watched it three times just because I've gotten back into it this year and absolutely loved it. Um, it's it's kind of one of my go-tos now. Uh, so, yeah, this is – I absolutely love this movie. Nice. Yeah, um, this is definitely a great option for best time travel. I love Back to the Future, yeah. too. I think I'm going to go Interstellar. I think that one just Ooh, uh, yeah. Good choice re- reverberates too. the most with me, but uh, yeah. we'll see. Uh, there's uh, some interesting movies to come up this year, and I wonder if something will knock Interstellar out of place. We'll see. For sure. Yeah, cool. Now, uh, Tony, we didn't tell you about this, but I don't think you'll have any problems with it. But what we're doing this year with these 12 movies is we're going to be ranking them just in the order that we liked them. So out mm-hmm. of all the movies this year, where do you rank about time? Like I all the ones we've covered. All the ones so far? we've covered. Yeah. So all the time travel yeah. movies we've covered so far this year. Where do you put about time? Oh, this is gonna be tough because there's a lot, a lot of really good movies covered so far. <laughs> but I'd still say that out of the one, it would be about time. <laughs> okay. I also have about time at number one. Dean, what about you? Oh, obviously. Yeah. Same, same with me. Okay. So it's unanimous. It's a great movie. Yeah. I love that we all agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> People, check it out, please. I'm going to tell you, it will be tough to beat, I think, throughout this year. We might have a similar situation, Tim, to last year, where the first movie we covered Ooh. ended up at the top of the list. The very first one, Duel to the Death in the Ninja walkthrough. Uh, Number one on our list. I think this one could be tough to beat. There's a lot of good movies that we're going to be covering this year. So I think it's beatable, but I think it might be tough to beat. I'm looking forward to finding out. I predict it will be in your top three, I think. At least one of both of your top three, if not both top three. I think I'm leaning with Tony on that one. I don't don't know if this is going to hold number one because I know a couple. Well, I know one. I'll say there's one that I know is going to beat this because of what it kind of means to me. But I'm curious if something I haven't seen yet could, you know, bump it out of place and we'll find out. Cool. Check back in in 12 months, everybody. And we'll answer that question. Excited to. Travel in time to the future and find out now if you would like. Because you're just nodding your head like, yeah, they should do that. Like, well, that's a great idea that they should do. (laughs) I mean, what I'm going to do when we're done with this is I'm going to go into the closet (laughs) and clench my hands and travel back. We're going to re-record it. It's going to feel like the first time to you guys, but I'm going to, you know, mess it up. And you'll have to edit it out like that first portion. So, hey, Mm -hmm. I got a question. Have either of you tried to go in a closet and clench your fist and think back to a previous time? Oh, hell yeah. You have? Okay. You know what? Yeah. I haven't tried that yet. That's because it might work. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. That, yeah, I was when, when I was like, uh, 15 i was obsessed with the matrix and i can't tell you how many times i tried to bend a spoon with my mind um and i i I was sure i was doing it i was sure i had it down um but no i've never tried to go in the closet and clench my fists and think back to a time i'm definitely going to try it hey uh record that with your phone and we can uh, release that as some patreon content and (laughs) let everybody check that out sounds good cool uh hey uh, everybody listening please tell your friends about uh, talking back uh, like and like and subscribe. No, that's YouTube. <laughs> like and uh, 
What do you do on share? Yeah, follow share. I don't even know. Right? Ch- check Review. us out on your favorite podcast app and like it or whatever the fuck you do over there. Um, check us out on Patreon. We think you should be doing that. Um, we love our Patreon. We think you will as well. Check out bfopnetwork.com for some other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts. Tony, thank you again. Uh, this was wonderful. Thank you for your suggestion of the time travel. Thank you for your suggestion of this movie. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, lots of fun being here. Love chatting with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 